I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time of Spirituality. For this week's episode, this is a, I mean, there's past life stuff in there, and there's some musical stuff with time, so it's all about time today, and it's all about having a good day, and make sure you stick around to the very end, because there's a little surprise, well, at the very end. So with that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Damien, thank you so much for being here. How are Man. you doing today? Another day at the office. Fantastic to be in a Zoom room with you. Like I was trying to make that rhyme, but I'm like, nah, just say thank you, Daniel. And good to see you. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't need to be a perfect rhyme. Sometimes it sounds cheesy if it's a perfect rhyme. Nah, but the MC and me would be like, I if I'm going to make a not a garbage rhyme, but if I'm going to make a less than perfect rhyme, I'm going to need to have executed on that precisely. And I'm going to have had to previously done many precise, fantastic rhymes so that by the time I get to the one that's like, eh, you're like, no, he's so good, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I've seen your chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm about, big fella. <laughs> A little bit. So, are you ready for the first question? Please. Again, just so you know, mm. in the new season, mm -hmm. doing something a little new with this question. Okay. Where we're going to do a guess the year on my end. So, as you'll see, I I have nothing in my hands. You'll be looking right at me. Yeah, yeah. As you give the answer and you'll see that I'm not typing anything <laughs> in. So, if I know what year the song came out, or Ooh. if I know the song, I'll get it within a year or two. Mm. I may even get it the year of. So, with that said, and Walt, yeah. make sure you got your eyes on me to make sure yeah, I'm not yeah. cheating. Yeah, yeah. I see you. I see you. What is your favorite song about time and why? My favorite song about time is Ice Cubes. It was a good day because all of the things that happen in the song are typically inconsequential, so to speak. You know, the bacon wasn't cooked. The dog wasn't barking. And you're like, this seems like a regular mediocre day. But for him, it's a good day. It's one of these things that are out of the exception, i.e. the dog is always barking, i.e. The, the, his mom is always cooking uh, breakfast uh, with bacon and such. And these are small little things that take away some of his life spirit before he even hits the street, let alone get in the street and do all of things. So the, the documenting of a good day, not even the perfect day, a good day shows you what a good day would be for this person 
what the opposite of a good day would be for this person. And be with those two halves, your brain fills in the middle and gets to have an idea of who this person is overall and what their life is uh, as its essence. So it's it's um, incredibly telling and um, insightful tune to me. As you can see, I've used all of those words to say that that's why it's my favorite tune. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. And in full transparency for everyone, Damien was watching me the entire time. Hold and on. I didn't I didn't make a slight move to my left to adjust my headphone monitor. But what Damien's going to see right now is that I'm going to make a move for my phone, which is mm. down on the floor. So hold on a second as he sees. <laughs> so it's, it was over over here on the floor. Facts, facts. So he saw I went to the left for the, the adjust. It was very quick adjust. Yep. My yep, phone's yep. on the right. So I wasn't yep. looking. Nope. So admittedly, I am a little bit worried about getting this one because I'm like, mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, I'm going to say 1991. Oh, that's late, big fella. I will... In my brain, in my heart and soul, I say it's 93. So let's see how, ooh, you might be, ooh, it might I, It's within two years of 91. I'm still going to go 91, though. Yeah, no, let's just do this now. I'm just going to do this now because oh, I want to know. Because <laughs> I want to know. Come on, big fella. What is this? Even though I hear these all out of order, this might be the first time I'm stumped. Yeah, no, you're right, though. You're right, though, because 94 yeah. is your oh, wait, 94 you... is too late. No, hold on. Oh, you didn't this see. Is, okay. This is, this is 1992. <laughs> I heard those. Oh, it was 92? 1992. Okay, so I still got it within two years. Absolutely. Yeah. At, what, and what was your guess? 91. That's fantastic, man. I know exactly where I was and what I was doing and why that's 1992 and why my guess of 1994 is a bit late. So the fact that you, you got it within the year is telling and it makes the guy who knows all of these songs and knows all of these uh, dates and decades, like uh, music history unfold. You, you one up that guy and was like, no, 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 you're thinking too hard. It was somewhere around 1991. Uh, yeah, you did that. <laughs> so, well, thank you. But what's difficult with pegging that song down mm. is the gangster rap. Because around that time, it it was, I mean, that really was when gangster rap was at its height. It Facts. was when it was at the most, I mean, dare I say, Facts. when the lyrics were more violent. Facts. And then you have that song, which is just kind of, huh? Dun, dun, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like anyone can kind of get down with it. That's why I love the song. It's, it's, it's that good. Anyone can like it. It has that Isley Brothers uh, sample going on in there, and mm -hmm. Cube's rhyme style is a, it, it is a simple pattern yet dynamic with its structure and the things that he's able to pack within it. So mm -hmm. it's easy to listen to, uh, and the MC gets a lot of information in. So I, I I love that song. Well, that was the first time anyone's picked that one, so. Yay. I still don't know how. What is this? We keep doing time after time, and like yeah, that like one this. comes up from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> like this, come on, you guys. This is a bit, a bit too nail on the head. But again, my favorite song that deals with time. It is, it is a hip hop song because the hip hop is in me, and the way this man went from morning to night and chronicled good 
not great, just not bad. And to a little boy in the hood who was just frankly trying to find something good for himself as well, that little catchy tune really helped to be like, yeah, no, there's plenty of good around here. Like, look at that. Look at that. Oh, man, the cracker didn't pee in the elevator today. Great. It's a good day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. There's a positive message there. Yeah. I like you, Damien. I, I, I like you. It's good. It's, it's, it's good <laughs> to kick it with like-minded people. And this is part of trust that, that you're leading. You lead someone down a road with. You can't do these things with people you don't like. Like, yeah, you can't like un unpeel all the layers of their conscious and their subconscious mind and hold the vulnerability and the tenderness to make to make them vulnerable, let alone yourself vulnerable. So both of you can have an experience on behalf of the other person. You can't do that with people you don't like. And I generally aim to only do interviews with people I like because it does not matter what gets said, but what gets said will be genuine and true and fun because if the relationship is good, it's gonna be all of those things. It can't not be those things. I wanna challenge you on that one. Talk to me! <laughs> I think you should do interviews with people you don't like. Ooh. Well, I, I don't have a list of them. It's like, I'm like, all right here, I don't like you, let's get an interview. I don't, I don't do that. I think I, what I, I guess I was more trying to say is that whenever I have to do interviews for work, I aim to pull my friends gotcha. from the, from the top more as quickly than like, I don't know this person. Okay. Um, then of course it'll be a good interview because they're people and I'm good at that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But the comfort level that comes with a previously existing a relationship of camaraderie is you 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 can't you can't replace that that makes for beautiful interviews ah. i i i agree with that uh, here it comes here it comes other side of the coin baby i just feel that you have a knack for connecting and look i'm just going to call a spade a spade here regardless of our socioeconomic backgrounds growing up we mm. may have gotten along anyways but, Absolutely. But I grew up in a completely different world than you did. And you grew up in a completely different world than I did. And when I was growing up, the image that I had of the world that you grew up grew up in was how gangster rap was being demonized. Because, I mean, I was born in the mid-80s. I was six years old when the L.A. riots happened. So, like, it, it was this, you know, this visual that was being put out into the world that... I don't know if it was subconsciously trying to warp my mind, mm. but I was a little kid and I, and I grew up isolated from that, even though during the riots, you know, there were, there were curfews for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't want to make overgeneralizations here, but I feel like you're the type of person who can get through to people who still may have that view mm. of certain socioeconomic backgrounds. Yeah that's that's astute um mm -hmm. and and intuitive because that's that's part of that's part of my charm that's part of how i make my way forward um mm -hmm. 
that the, the ability to be able to bridge that gap because like essentially there's there's a couple rungs more worse than me you don't you don't want that trust me <laughs> but i just i'm I, i'm near that or adjacent and as that being able to still call in and still have the energy to bring all of these other things to me yourself included and I'm able to distill that through through my face hole and and my my humor brain to be able to make it something that's accessible, accessible to anyone and interesting to anyone. That's part of my spark, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, <laughs> I agree with Thank that. You. And why I think it's important for people like you to have those types of conversations is because I think that in society right now, there's a stigma placed upon having conversations with people who you disagree with or people who have different viewpoints than you do. Like how could how dare you talk to that person that sees the world this way? Like why the fuck wouldn't I talk to them? Doesn't mean I agree with them. Well, why can't I have a conversation with the only way you grow, man, the snake only grows because it's uncomfortable in its skin. And if you don't have someone that you can sort of, you can still be yourself and you're still you, but some, but you're, there's always something that's like, what the fuck did you just say? Or like, you, did you, re- do you really think that? I know all about you. So that's why I'm here. And I can't believe that thing just came out your mouth. Oh, okay. Hmm. Let me think about that. <laughs> like you, you need that contrast in order mm-hmm. uh, to be able to continue to develop uh, your own thing. Exactly. You, you never know where you're going to find common ground with that person or Ooh, what yeah. you may, I mean, dare I say it, learn from that person. <laughs> learn <laughs> and to put in your own backpack something that you, not, not you, it was not in your world, but you kind of thought was kind of like, ew. But until you, you got to unpack that and then also see that, oh, I see why I said ew. I see why I that thing has value. And not only am I not going to ew it anymore, I'm also going to put it in my backpack to inform my forward decision. That's that's adult um, situation right there. That is an adult set of thinking, um, and not m- most <laughs> can't do that. But you know, if you're lucky enough, you and you've been beat up enough times and still come out uh, clean or better because of it, then you're able to, you know do those sorts of things i mean i didn't like the chronic you know dr dre's album until i listened to it before i listened to it i didn't like it i don't know what it is but i don't like it i was told not to like it i'm with it i feel you i feel Mm -hmm. you there's so much of our human experience is learned and it isn't until you sort of get to the point where you get to be able to do something else other than what you have learned, it's not until you you know get into those sort of situations that that you find actual life. And you're like, oh, huh. Now this is something else that wasn't in my paradigm, but I feel this. This is this this is the way. So let's go. And people are people are like be looking at you strangely around you, but you know you're right, and and you feel that you're right. And so later, those same people that were like er at the top. Are like, oh my God, you're so wonderful. Oh my God, this is wonderful. All that stuff. 
but you you yourself have to walk that path and it's it's lonely on the path and it's lonely at the top until you invite everyone on the way up so one more question before we get to the next standard question Mm -hmm. and it's just if i don't ask this it's going to feel like an unresolved musical note to me yes sir the chronic Mm -hmm. chronic 2001 stop it first one's always the is the one you reach for my man first first one's the best one chronic let's go the chronic they both have classic jams on them, but you can't have the son without the father. So I'll take the father every day. I mean, I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> it's true that they that what what's great about even that dichotomy, that's the same man, totally different times, totally different places in his life and points in his life and his artistry and his skill in his craft, but also where his mind was and what he thinks is important and what he thinks is good and what he thinks should be put into the world. Two totally different things. Yeah. So like the chronic to me, admittedly, I'm not as familiar with the chronic as I am chronic 2000. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with what we're talking about, we're talking about Dr. Dre's albums, the chronic and his next album, the chronic 2001, because yeah, California love was off the, the, the presents album, right? It was the compilation album. Yeah, no, that I, that was wasn't that a Tupac song? More like, yeah, it was, like, yeah, yeah, Tupac and Dre. Yeah, and that's but that's what I'm saying. But like, ew, come on, was it even on that album? Um, because I because well, the song you came know. out in uh, was it '95? I think it hit the charts in '96 for California Love. I think it was on the compilation album though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, that's that's a Tupac song. Yeah, and Dre did it. And yeah, that's why it's on the compilation because yeah. that is a Tupac song. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it does it doesn't necessarily fall in the um, uh, Chronic and two or Chronic two thousand and one vibe be, mm-hmm. b- because they are made by the creator of those two things, but they are not of those two pieces of his uh, oeuvre, so to speak. Yeah, Lachaim. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, for me, it's Chronic 2001 just because Chronic 2001 is what turned me on to West Coast or West Coast hip hop. Mm. Well, you're I, from I, out I'm, here, right? Yeah, I'm a couple years uh, younger than you are too. Okay, paint, paint this picture for me. You're in SoCal? Yeah. What was the music you were supposed to be listening to? What is your friend's or your mom think that you were listening to y'all can't see me doing air quotes right here right now <laughs> so, but... well, what was i supposed to be listening to probably the beach boys uh right. what was cooler at the time in my area yep. both rock and right. rap right correct mm-hmm. correct well there's that um i forget the damn dude's names but there's that that era that of 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 music and song and that's and that's where rock came from and so in that there's all the genres however rap came around as rock was in its young teenageness you know like when rock was like you know 12 13 years old and just started to have some some hairs down there for real for real rap came along and started to do a whole it started to inform each other. It's it's beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, guess what would the kicker be for that? Where they re- would it be walk this way, or even just probably run DMC in general? Were the ones who are really you in order to be able to do a walk this way, you already have to be out there and on the avant garde for you to be like, yo, you know what? Yo, let's get Aerosmith on this track, fam. Yeah, this is this is what this is what it's gonna be. You heard what I like. You already have to be a leader and far ahead of the pack in order to be able to do that. By the way, this is totally a conversation about time. So yeah, yeah. we're okay. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. <laughs> we're getting there. Not even we're getting there. This this span of a rap of hip hop is a section of time. It's a section of time in both of our lives. It's a section of time in music culture. And hip hop is birthed from the, its surroundings. So you hear one of these tracks, you get the nugget, the kernel of what the people on the pavement were feeling and living and doing and breathing at that time, which is why hip hop sounds so much differently today. And it sounded so much differently in 2000, et cetera, et cetera. So even th- dealing with 91, 1991, West Coast, Ice Cube, uh, first solo album, major single, that that is a certain sound, that is a certain time. And in that, music is a product of the times. And so the you get to understand a little bit more about what was going on around the song when you hear the song. Yeah. So... One more thing with Chronic and Chronic 2001. Sir. I feel like Chronic 2001 is more timeless than Chronic is. Ain't nothing but a G thing. I know, it, but it's, it's what I'm saying. I'm so with you because yeah. you can hear the Chronic is from a certain time. Mm-hmm. Chronic 2000, while it is from a certain time, it is more closely aligned to the current iteration of of hip-hop and popular mm-hmm. music in general it sounds more like today's music even though it is it really doesn't um it totally sounds more like today's music mm-hmm. than the first album did so that is so it's already um there's like the removal of time in that aspect the crime 2000 has more of the elements of out today's structure which gives us more reference to feel that it is timeless Mm-hmm. By the way, brilliant title, Chronic 2001, considering it came out in 1999. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that he that was he had the thought in that one year, and by the time he finished writing the joints and the tracks and getting getting all the paperwork signed and put out and video shot, it was a whole nother couple of years later. And... I I I don't know where the title came from, but it just it feels like a space odyssey to me. You know, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Like that's. That's where I feel that chronic 2001 coming from. Yo, it's there's it's so heavy, man, because we all have our own perspectives and we all are sort of going from where we came from. And so it's like, man, this what gave this kid me you pointing me pointing (laughs) to you, Dave, gave this kid the space for him to be like. Not only do I like both of these albums, I like this one and more than the other one. And here is why. And here's all these reasons and all of these other supporting things, plus the space to inhabit a world 
around, build a world for himself around these songs um, and to help him understand who he is and how he makes his own way through the world, through the music. Kind of pondered to answer that one or wandered. I don't know what the correct terminology would be there. I think it is very philosophical and mm. there is a tad of sociology in there as well. Mm. And mixing in time because mm. a lot of my fascination with music comes from trends and patterns. Mm. You know, understanding that certain styles of music have their roots elsewhere. So the late 90s to me Thanks. was just, it was a fusion of everything because you look at rock and roll music. Where did that really come from? It wasn't a white man's game, but it was, you know, it came from places of color and it was appropriated. Yeah, yeah. And then from what I understand, rap really came out of disco because it was back on the East Coast. That time, yeah, yeah. When they were scratching the disco records at the parties. And that's where, you know, you get your Sugar Hill Gang, you get just all these amazing East Coast groups that came out of that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the fusion of, of you know, your mid-80s rap, which mm. took on some of the heavier guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. And then you get to your your more West Coast in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. really, I, look, it's it's difficult for me to say because I wasn't alive at the time. So this just comes <laughs> from my understanding, not my observation. I mean, I was alive at that point. But, but I wasn't living it, whereas yeah, in the late 90s, I was more aware of what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that there was more of a, an emphasis placed on the story, which is what really put it on the map. Not in the most positive way, but that's not yeah. because of the artists, in my opinion. That's just because yeah. of, of more, you know, more of a, a, a conservative culture that had an issue with it. You mm. know, just as they had an issue with their kids bopping and doing the twist. Yeah. 30 years before that. Ugh. I know we're standing up and screaming, <laughs> but you get to the late 90s and that's mm. when you really have that fusion of rap finding its way into rock music because not yeah. only was it just about the guitars, you had these rock groups adding a DJ, someone on turntables. And so it's this yeah. fusion there. Not only that, you have the new metal genre of the late 90s, which has the singers not necessarily full-on rapping, but singing with a sure. flow. Sure, 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 A decade sure. ago, I never wow, thought I would be yeah, a 23 yeah. on the verge of spontaneous yeah, combustion yeah, while with yeah. me. Yeah, Instead of yeah, just yeah, the singing yeah. and the yelling that came before it, there was this fusion. And not only that, you take it one step further, in the early 2000s especially, pop mm. music started replicating the hip-hop beats. And it found its way into, dare I say it, NSYNC? <laughs> yeah, and where did this all come from? You go back 70 years at that point mm-hmm. to find its way in the places where you would never expect that it would find its way out into boy band land at a certain mm, point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's where my fascination comes from. And just what comes with all of that in the emotions that are evoked at a time for a 13-year-old boy, me, in the late 90s, mm. not understanding entirely what I'm listening to, mm. but also understanding that, yeah, it was the style to wear my pants around my knees at the time sure, and wear my sweatshirts four sizes too big and my sure. shirts big at the time. Of course, of course. <laughs> but 
I also understood that while I saw other people my age acting like they were from the hood, mm-hmm. I was fully well aware that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I dyed my hair like Eminem did. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because if you are from the hood, it's a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You are from the hood, you know, just that and young, you know what I'm saying? On one side. On the other side is, I'm the most approachable human being that you have ever met. Oh, I'm so refined. They, they, we don't we don't need to understand where I came from because we're just dealing with right here, right now. As someone who's like come up in the hood slash not the worst worst. I wasn't in the projects. I was project adjacent. So because of that, even even though you can just look at the crack house down right up right across the street. And there's the part that don't got no grass, like all that stuff. It's not like the Wu-Tang. And the Wu-Tang is like out in Staten Island on some crazy projects where they, you're like, police don't even come around out there. So that's something else that's really, so I, I was a dude who was very much in it, yet removed enough to be able to still have the head of this is, only one facet of what's around of what can be around so let's just expand upon this as opposed to try to be the king of this i don't know if that makes sense yeah i mean i i think i hear what you're saying i mean i mean i was much further removed (laughs) (laughs) and uh, happier for you i cannot be (laughs) guys Because like like I say, it's it's one of these things where the harsh upbringing and the crucible that I'm just cooked in, it only produced what we all know today because of what was in the crucible. Other elements could have been in there, and it could have it would have had an entirely different result, and would have you there would be a different person speaking here with you. Slash, I would you probably wouldn't even be talking to the dude who had some other different elements up in there. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's one of those things where it's wild that through time and space, having the experience of being able to speak, have my subconscious mind speak to of a lifetime that would specifically help me this way right here, right now, is, 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 is one of those interesting things because my spirit came here in this way for a reason not even i don't need to know why but when it was unbearable and slash unbearable for years slash forming your 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 world view what gets baked in what doesn't get baked in what you have to make sure doesn't get baked in etc all forms the person and as that person begins like that adult begins to unfold in life and that's how it will touch the people around it and begin to to formulate this change uh through, throughout the throughout the world and life and times and that's kind of part of the that's why there's electricity in, in what i do uh because that it's it's a it's like a natural element you are not going to be in the middle of the spotlight in the fashion that i am without that electricity how is it that you found yourself in a place today 
where you are sitting here with me doing this interview now. What was your journey through time like in that respect? Oh, man. So if y'all can't see, like, I just cry at the drop of a hat. And um, how Daniel was uh, just even asked the question uh, just started to swell up emotions in me and I needed to explain myself. So I forgot. Just give me the prompt again, please. (laughs) (laughs) So how is it that you found yourself in this place today speaking with me? What was your journey through time like going from we're on two different coasts. We grew up on two different coasts, a couple of years apart from each other. And, you know, I, I grew up, well, as we talked about before, in a completely different world. And you grew up in a completely different world than I did. But somehow we found ourselves together today, coming from two different worlds, having this conversation on a podcast called Timeless yep. Spirituality. Yep. Yep. So as someone who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis five years ago, six years ago, as I began peeling off the layers of this, uh, the condition, I find myself with uh, with people in different spaces and uh, different practices and stuff. And I found Kaylee Zaytuni and I just found each other and we just clicked. And, you know, Zaytuni's a, 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 she's a coach and she's like a- Episode 25, I, my favorite yeah, right? episode. Okay, go to, go to episode 25, y'all. It's called the heart goes on. Yeah, me and Hog, we cool, cool. So through her, I found Daniel. And the more I begin to understand about how energy moves through the body and how. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Are we going backwards in the linear time sense? I'm saying, who is Damien? Oh, see that? Okay. So say the question again, then, Dan. I was was misunderstanding. I'm sorry. Okay, that that was probably my bad. I probably should have been. I, know, I guess I want to leave it vague enough, but how is it that two people from two completely different worlds oh. ended up finding ourselves here having this conversation about consciousness Got it. And, and hip-hop music? Got it, because we all point to the, to the same thing, which is love, and we all are eager to be eager, regardless of the stimulus the stimuli that make us eager Okay, imagine you were talking to a third grader right now. Oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me. That's, that's... What, what was your journey like through time? <laughs> what was your journey like through time? Like, be like, what is it four thirty? No, I, I just think that honestly, it's it's because of who we are individually, we get to share things together that are are bigger than each of themselves by by themselves. And what, what I say by that is that. You are the window or the door, you're the doorway into this whole world. Like I've seen, I've looked through the window, I've read the books, and I have the degree, I have the minor in Eastern Asian religions from Middlebury College. And I've read a, I've read a bunch of books and have written a bunch of really good papers about religion, traditions, spirituality traditions that are wholly opposite than mine. So that already cracks the door to how does this tie into my medical condition? How does this all tie into other times in which I have been on the earth? Not necessarily I, Damien, but the thing that is making I, Damien, speak right now. This ain't the first time it's been here. 
and understanding that that's a thing, understanding um, why that is and wanting to know more about it. That's how I got in the space with you. And yeah, it can be a circuitous thing. And yeah, I had to go through multiple sclerosis in order to be here, first and foremost. But it's one of those things where you don't know how together you have it until you are completely shattered and broken and just scattered. And in many points of my life, I have regained the pieces from absolute shattered devastation. And as I've been putting together the pieces of my life going forward, you and what you do and the space that you hold came into um, into my my world of like, hey, this is something you can allow to happen. So if you allow it, who knows what will happen? Um, it's like, why don't you find out, son? <laughs> It's it's one of those things where I'm, you are part of the urge that one knows that there is something else other than what they know, and that they can trust that, and that they can also lean into that and walk toward that and be safe, and also feel more like themselves, and become something different without losing themselves. When when I heard sort of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about breaking the habit of being yourself and all this stuff, and like I've, I've I rock with I rock with old boy, like please don't get me wrong. But at first I was like, what you mean I got to become somebody else in order to not be sick, man? First of all, do we know how good I am? Second of all, how, how can I be something else other than what I am? And. <laughs> When you begin to understand what that actually truly means, if you're lucky enough, you get to meet people like you who is like, not only is that real, I'm going to walk you through some of what that might could be for you. And what you do it once, you do it twice, you do it 10 times, like you still do a past life regression. Like you don't, it's not like you're going to stop doing these things because it's not like you have not lived countless lifetimes that can each give you a different nugget of of um a different nugget of knowledge to to chew on when when you approach it at different points in your life and your time in this specific time say so it's man damn it i lost the damn original uh question point of the question now but it's i just think the space that you facilitate and how you hold it with with power and um and care to um, be able to help folks step outside of themselves so that they can find other versions of themselves is, is part of why I even hopped into the timeless spirituality space and was eager um, to, 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 to hop in and am eager to, to keep going and running as, as far as I can with it. And you. As much as I appreciate all of that, and, and I'm, I'm deeply touched by it, and, and as everyone knows, with my Aquarius rising, I, I can never get enough of hearing that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, it's, that's why it's on recording, my man. You can I, just hear that I own one it. more time. I own it. It's okay. I own it. It's yours. You did it. And, and I, one of the hardest things for me to do as an Aquarius rising is to say, hey, don't look at me right now. <laughs> look at Damien. So I guess really what I'm getting at is, I want you to have the floor for whatever it is 
you want to talk about right now. And it, it could be past lives, but I'm going to say it doesn't have to be yeah. because I'm I'm going to have you back on again. We're, we're yeah, going to do another episode. We do this. That, but we do this. Because I think it's, there's something so magical about the two of us starting this podcast and going half an hour talking about music and coming from these two different worlds and how we can have that conversation. Mm. And now I have this platform where mm. I can give a voice to someone who came from a different world. And that's what I want to give you right now is somehow you found yourself in a place coming from a different world. And I found myself in a place interacting with someone who came from a different world. And your journey brought you to this place where you have something unique to offer. Something that I probably can't offer, which I'm okay with because it's a good balance. I got my forte, but I'm, I'm not Spartacus. Same in, in the other, in the reflective uh, regard, okay? Although I'm still this waiting for my Spartacus moment though. <laughs> and then Tony Curtis <laughs> said, I am Spartacus. <laughs> I want to watch everyone stand up and say that, that they, <laughs> when the, <laughs> when they come to get me, when they come to chop off my head, yeah, I want everyone to stand. Yeah, up. I am Daniel the past life regressionist. That, no, I am Daniel that, the past life regressionist. <laughs> look, I maybe you. I'm the real Slim Shady. <laughs> Please stop me if I'm if I'm not going down the right path. Oh, there's no right path right is now. That, <laughs> I just gave the invitation to have the floor now. However, yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Please, please steer me accordingly because you know I could talk now. Essentially, that's that's the point right now. Where that, you go wherever you want to go. I know you can talk. I've would, seen your chart. Would, I've talked to you. Yeah. What? It's a lot of value what, in what you have to say, what, though. What? What I've? What I've really, really, really take with me, and I still have with me. <laughs> Every day, um, many times a day, I think about this and it informs on practices. And if y'all don't know, I meditate three times a day. It's it's part of my healing, my part of my healing journey, but not because it's something that like I put on something like, oh, I feel better when this happens more often. So I, this is what I do now. And on the ride that I was taken through, I don't even remember what, I, what trust me outside note, is that you you get some people and you take them on a ride and you're like, what time, what time, what era were you in? And they were like, I was in 1772 in November. And now be, that I've gone through it, I'm like, bitch, how the hell did you know what year and month that it was? Because I didn't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'll cancel that one really quick please, for you. Please, please. In the space that you were in, I could have spent a lot more time trying to identify the time and place. Mm. But because you were in a place where there wasn't much that was accessible, I didn't want to take that time away to give you something for the left side of your brain. I wanted yep. I wanted it to be a right right side moving experience. Man, you facilitated that wonderfully. Thank you. Put like put it like this. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Put it like this, y'all. I was shown a time in which so even before that. Y'all, I'm I am a performer. I'm an entertainment professional. I've done about 35 of 38 not quite 40 commercials and voiceovers for brands like you know Lowe's or you know McDonald's or you know, Ring with Shaquille O'Neal and Realtor.com with Elizabeth Banks so like I make my living 
being an entertainment professional. So I found myself with a multiple sclerosis diagnosis and my entertainment life started to merge with my MS content making life because who makes multiple sclerosis interesting and something that you want to keep tuning into other than the guy who pretty much could be part of paint drying and you would still watch him and be like, oh, this is a good show. So as I've been making this sort of MS content and really live in the space of what is ease and what is dis-ease and doing all of these sorts of things, I find Daniel and I sort of having get given the opportunity to be like, so you do know that there is more to you than just you, right? This guy, he knows how to do the dance. He's done the dance for, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people. This is what he do. So if you want to do the dance, there's a very good chance that you'll learn something um, about yourself that can help you in this current day and time. And in the life, I was shown that um, this person was an archer or I was a part of what I did was, was, an, was an archer. And the practice that comes with being a damn good archer, being someone who can win in competitions like um, like it went down in, in my thing, um, or if not win the super super, like at least place within the top three. The repetition that has been a part of this life clearly has been baked in from from if not this life the, the this past life you know life before that in that 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 archer the only way that you're going to be good and get an arrow on the target is that if you do it again and again and again and again and again so as someone who is just used to doing it all the time again and again in my profession the medical condition really slowed down how i could do things and how how I could just be and my ability to do things again and again and again and again. And in one way, that's part of my identity. Like I'm, I'm great because I can do things again and again. But what do you mean? I can't anymore because of this condition. What I was shown was, yeah, that practice, yeah, that honing of the skill, yeah, that ideal of something more of your, more than your current self that you could embody Boy, that's been in my time and in my timeline for a long time. And going through the motions of this person, me as another person, it really helped to inform how I'm going through the motions in this current life as this current person and my rigors or my trials and tribulations or my my wins um, and all, all of the ups and downs and really be able to not only see the story of someone else uh, that I've been, but also have a chance for the subconscious mind to speak to someone who is outside of the story, who is outside of the person that it always speaks to, but speak to the facilitator to be like, hey, I've been trying to maybe tell this dude this, or maybe I don't know how to do this because I'm the subconscious mind. But you got, you're listening. You got them, you got them listening. So I'm gonna tell you this. And being able to hear my subconscious mind speak a little bit more about my career and the, the practice and the repetition that is part of it 
um, and how that um, will inform it. And also to properly care for the people that are in and around me. Because even though, not even though, when it was in the regression, I felt alone most of the time, um, except for when it was time for me to die. And then I noticed that there was someone there that was taking care of me. And it was my mom, even though that wasn't my mom, the, the, the lady at the time. Uh, but the per that 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 being, that essence was the mom. And in that life, that person was, you know, we were we were a spouse in this life. That's my mom. And there's been a harshness that formed the crucible that I have been cooked in. And the sheen that comes off of me, it comes from the intense temperature <laughs> that it, the thing was cooked at. Having that regression gives insight to that, gives grace and space to not only the crucible itself, but the temperature in which it is cooked. And it helps inform not why things had to be this way, but how I have learned from those things and how I am doing well with the lessons and how I need to um, take continue to take care of myself and the people around me and to keep going. And that's the subconscious mind saying, keep going to Daniel when he's, when he's asking something. Uh, that, was, that was a part of the thing. That wasn't in my story, in my, in my past life regression, but that's at once the story has been told and you've been shown a thing, Daniel's like, yo, my man, you still here? So let me ask you this, let me ask you that. And subconscious mind answers. And the story plus those answers gives gave me something to take away and to look at objectively and to try to integrate in into my current life and that's that's really what's special because it's all me but it's outside of me and if it's hidden then it's while it is you it's not you because you don't have access to it but because you've given me access to it it helps understand the pain a little bit more it helps understand the grace a lot more and it helps inform the expansion of more grace for yourself and others in the future. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your TED talk. How are you feeling, my friend? Here's a song. Uh, what is it? Ah, uh, don't front. You know, I got you open. Check the dialect from the diaphragm. Like, you got me open right now, fam. I'm crying and shit. Um, so what happens when people look at me? Yeah. <laughs> now, man, you facilitate the space for people to be vulnerable. That's um, because I'm a performer and I deal with vulnerability and malleability for my trade. I understand what that means. I understand how powerful that is. And if you can facilitate someone into a space where they had no clue that they could possess that, that realm and that space, but also they had no clue that they could possess that space. It's, it's something. And the word that keeps coming to me is vulnerable because you not only are your defenses down, you have no clue what the hell's going on, but you trust 
the practitioner. You trust the person that um, is here with you and that brought you here. That's 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 all part. It, there's some trust. There's some insight. There's some expansion, development. There's love. There's fear. Uh, there's all of these random things all packed into one experience that I'm I'm still unpacking. <laughs> I'm just giving the audience a moment to to stand up and give you a standing ovation for your TED talk. <laughs> Hell, I'm telling you, man, it's, I'm just going to say this. So part of my upbringing, yeah, you know, there's that urban environment, but there's also like sort of a harshness that's in the house. And that that harshness was to be able to make someone who could survive in the world, that's that, that hood, uh, that's right outside those doors. And in that harshness, mixed with the light that I am, there was always just um, a disconnect. And I just always did things differently. And it always worked, much to the not understanding of people around me. And people around me being like, for instance, I had to get a job when I was a teenager. And my mom calls me one day and she's like, yo, you need to get a job, man. So how about you go across the street to the grocery store and ask them if you could bag groceries? And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. She's like, why, you too good to bag groceries? I was like, no, I'm going to figure something else out. Within a month, I learned how to build computers and was working in a shop repairing computers. Easy three, four times the rate of what a, a bagger would. And comfortably knowing that I had that stress of like, yo, bro, you need to get a job, child. But then still being like, no, that's cool. I'll figure it out. And then be able to do something just off the charts that, you know, begins to inform my, my later years. It It's one of those things where when you're younger, you're more closely in touch with that subconscious mind. You're more closely in touch with where you came from. And just being able to trust that, no, I'll, I'll do something else. I'm not too good to do what you suggested, but I'm also going to have another experience. Good day. <laughs> Understanding where some of that even comes from, you facilitate that, man. And you hold the space for to, to be able to expand upon that knowledge and have a more thorough understanding of your own understanding throughout your whole life. Not even just now like subsequently as well i hope that answered the question <laughs> yeah i think it was a perfect answer <laughs> thank you thank you so much for everything you said that really means a lot to me and i'm just grateful that i could provide that space for you i appreciate that what i, I use the word vulnerable because there's nothing more powerful than someone who's vulnerable Someone who's mighty, someone who's strong, someone who's great, yet they're vulnerable. This is why we watch people on TV. This is why we watch things on screens to look at the vulnerability and why the story has an arc. And all, all of these things, we watch their vulnerability throughout the arc. I had no idea what to expect, but I showed up vulnerable 
You did well. The not knowing what to expect, but still being able to be like, I am here. I am here for whatever. I am safe. And if I'm able to remember any of this, man, there's going to be an, an just an extra jolt charge battery in my back that I get to reference. I'm not saying that I'm always going to be, I will be forever changed, but you now have a little bit more reference for the future. And in what I saw, it informed why I practice so often, why I'm able to produce such a voluminous amount of work noting from the air and it's impressive (laughs) that is part of how whatever is making me speak right now how that has done what they have done throughout time and high or low i can trust that now and trust that a little bit more through you so thank you well that's also a testament to you because someone else could have had that same experience and came out of it saying, I was a fucking archer. <laughs> That's it? Well, I I took away a lot more from that situation, such as, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then they could still right. say to me, but I was an archer. Why wasn't I the king? Or why wasn't I the queen? Why didn't I see this? Why didn't I see that? So it's a testament to you because you took away what was best for you to take away, like the choices you made to take away, what you chose to take away. Yeah. And that's that's catered to the individual. So that look, that had nothing to do with me. I was just a dude who asked questions. You hold you hold the hand. I do that too. I do that you too. You hold yeah. the hand and you say, We're let's walk together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that is that's the first thing, man, because you you can't fly if you don't let go. You can't fly if you don't jump. And we all want to fly. And we all say say we want to fly. But until you're out, out there with, in the plane, strapped to the dude, ready to go, you don't know if you're going to go. Some people pay. They, they, Scott, I was like, $500. Some people get strapped in and get taken up there and then still can't jump out the fucking plane. Excuse me. They can't jump out the plane. It's okay. They can't jump out the fucking plane. They can't jump out the fucking plane. So... It is, this is why there's, 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 there's team and duality is the wrong word. Cause that's, that's more stark. That's why you need the two to be, you need the person who skydives, but you also need the person who wants to skydive, who wants to step outside of themselves to have the skydive experience. Otherwise mm-hmm. the skydiver will just be there all day, all day, just jumping out the plane. That's true. Like even what I've learned on this journey as a practitioner is I used to see only value in someone jumping out of the plane. Whereas now I found myself in a place where I respect someone getting on the plane and I understand if they don't want to jump out of the plane. Wow. And I, and I still respect that. <sighs> it's difficult. It gets a very difficult position to be in because I want everyone to get the most out of the experience. But mm. I think just getting on the plane or even if you're watching someone get on the plane, someone, mm-hmm. I think that that's fine. I'm grateful that I'm now finding myself in that place mm. of valuing everyone's experience. And like, I think it's important to do that, that everyone is where they're so supposed to be. so many of these, man. You've been holding the hands 
of so many people throughout this uh through to make this journey you have regression your damn self mm -hmm. and so you get you unpack so many pieces of experience that has been purposely locked away man that's yummy bro i have and to start talking about more of those yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry what are you saying yummy that's that's what that's truly what what makes a life um is what one can do with it and by um showing someone the confines of a previous life it helps remove the confines of the current life and helps uh inform the expansion currently because you've seen all of the the ups and the downs and the the where you didn't expand and and where you did expand who knows what it'll be the next time I I, I um I get regressed. But the just the idea of having people have access to which by by the very nature of itself is inaccessible. That's like a cheat code, bro. But you now have access to another set of power for you to have a different time playing the game. And mm -hmm. I'm definitely in that right now. I think that's like the cheat code where you get an extra thousand dollars, but doesn't give you unlimited bank account because you can right. keep pressing it in just to get the extra thousand, 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 thousand. So it makes it easier to get to that point. Right. You but then you could the... also squander your money on bullshit. Part of understanding time and how there is no time and how there's nothing but time and like all that stuff. Oh, that shit really... gives me a headache. Yeah, dude. Come on, man. I just I ain't even... focus on the linear stuff. Yeah. I... I can't do it. It's part of just understanding the power that we have right here, right now. The power in your veins. The power in mine. And we are all powerful beings on a trip. And to be able to use our power in a way that is explicit for not only others, but for ourselves to know that we can do it, even though we kind of knew already, but we just want to see if we pass the test. And now that we pass the test, let's see how much more excellent we can do on the next tests and further and so on and so forth. Maybe that's just the achiever in me that is framing it in that way, but that, that's kind of part, of part of what I got from that experience. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And thank you so much for sharing that. It, it's bringing up a story with me right now, you know, because I think that real world application is very important as well. But I'm also going to say for everyone, you don't need a past life regression in order to have a real world application. Nope. And that's, this is me. This is my profession. This is what I do. And I'm telling you, you don't always need a past life regression in order to have a real world application. So the story that wow. I want to share predates my experience with past life regression by a couple of years. And you've been in LA for a while now, right? Yeah, about eight, 10 years. Oh, crap. <gasps> 11. <gasps> 11. It's been over a decade, sir. So as I brought up on the show before, I'm a performer. Mm -hmm. I don't perform as much anymore, like more musical. than I mean, I did plays when I was a little kid, but... And you're in the city, right? In, L in LA City? LA proper, baby. I live downtown now. Do you ever go to a place called, well, it was a show called The Playhouse. It used to be at different places. It was in Hollywood for a while. Right. The Geffen Playhouse? No, 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 no. Not, not like, that one. It was, uh, 
it was a musical and comedy act show. No, I think I know where that is. It's not an. But... It's not an actual venue though. It's. Oh, it was just so called then... the Playhouse. It was something oh, that so happened no. every other Friday. No. So, I started performing, or I mean, I started learning music back in. Well, I picked up the guitar in 2007. Really started to go for it in 2009. Mm-hmm. And by 2010, well, 2009, 2010, I really wanted to make my way as a songwriter. Mm. By 2011, I realized in order to get my material out there, I needed to start performing. So I had a songwriting partner at the time, and he was an amazing musician. And I was still becoming more proficient on the guitar. So he played guitar and I sang. But what I believe that I understood at the time was like it didn't work but (laughs) something else much more let me preface it by saying that but something much more profound came out of it because the honest truth is I still had a lot to learn as a musician before I'd be in a place where I was ready for more and we were at an open mic night in North Hollywood and uh, we got there at the beginning had to sit there for hours waiting to go on. And most seems, of the people had cleared out by the end. Seems legit. Okay. Yeah. And there was this guy who came and talked to us after. And he was a promoter. And he invited us to come perform at his show the following week. We were performing only originals at the time. And I I was very I was very stubborn in terms of our appearance. Or at least in terms of my appearance, because my, my partner kind of slacked off a bit sometimes. I didn't want us to look like shit. I'll put it that way. Facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. thought that that was really important. Sure. Okay. So we end up getting there to this venue. It was in Hollywood. And for lack of a better term, we were pretty much the only white people there. And I'm dressed like a valet attendant. And he's not. But our songs are, they're more lovey-dovey songs. And there was one song that was a little more interactive. And I think that that song won the crowd over. So we were invited back for the next show. But I said to him, all right, we know the audience now. We know the crowd. Yeah. Let's play to the crowd. So I I lost the valet attendant vest. Yeah. And that's when I forged this identity as a performer at the time of Mm. someone who would wear jeans and an untucked dress shirt with a tie. Because what I also saw in that area or that that venue in that show was there were the white boys who would go up there and act like they were black. And the crowd did not take well to that. And rightfully Uh, so. Rightfully so, yeah. Rightfully so. So It's inauthentic. Right. And at that point, there was that feeling of, okay, we know the audience. We need to play to the audience. But with that, we acknowledge that we're white. There's no problem in acknowledging that we're white. To me, there's, there's, there's an acknowledgement. Not at all. If you go in there wearing jeans and a buttoned-up T-shirt and a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And that was when we came up with our first medley. And that was Cisco, the thong song, and Nelly Ride With Me. And that was the second most scared I'd ever been in a performance. 
first most scared up until that point. Yeah. And I was terrified when we stood up there. I'll never forget. I was wearing a purple button up untucked <laughs> at a black tie on mm. and I could not sit still mm. during that performance. I just, my hands would be up on the mic stand. Then I drop it and I'd be shaking a little bit. Then I put them back up again. Yeah. yeah. yeah and there yeah. was one point in ride with me when we segue there, you know, I peep yeah. something coming totally on the dance floor, sexy yeah. and real. So that was the only part where I got into a rhythm. Other than that, I was all over the place. Huh. Whole crowd, probably about 200 people. Every yeah. time we'd see, you know, hey, it must be the money. <laughs> Everyone sang along. And it was the greatest feeling. Ooh. Absolute greatest feeling. Yep. And what that taught me mm. was find your authenticity in yourself. Because mm. I went up there, you know, with my songwriting partner. Mm. There was acknowledgement of this is who we are. We can meet you halfway, mm. but I don't need to be like, yo, I'll peep something coming towards me on the yeah, dance floor. Nah, nah, nah. It's just, yeah. I'll peep something coming towards me on the dance yeah. floor. Sexy and real. So saying she was tripping in a ticket last video. Hey! Right? It was, it was just an amazing feeling of finding a way to be unique in your own skin. Now, the most afraid I've ever been performing was when we went back for the next show because we got invited back again. And I have this thing of always needing to up myself. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, we nailed it there. We'll close with that medley this time because it was a four song set. Sure. And some, like, sometimes there would be rough crowds in there. I'll put it that way. Let's say. Sometimes okay. there would be rough crowds. Yeah. And the act that went up before us was a bona fide gangster rap act. Woo. We, okay. You know, we're talking bandanas with the colors this, this is happening this is happening okay. and i'm sitting there with my mouth open like yep oh shit yep. i know what we're about to perform right now same thing we're dressed this time i'm wearing a black shirt we're not wearing the purple shirt this time but still that's black, not happening black button up okay and i'm just i my songwriting partner actually had to slap me in the face because i was like oh my i'm terrified right now yeah, yeah because yeah. we're about to do a gangster rap song <laughs> and i am just like oh my god i've seen this crowd just tear people apart yeah yeah and i know we do it in our own way but yep. what if what if i slip up in one way or another oh my god the song that we or the medley that we did was an eminem and dr dre medley so i mean look the dr dre part wasn't it was still Dre, so not. I wouldn't say it's it's really gangster rap at that. point. You wouldn't really consider still Dre gangster rap, right? It's still Dre, sir. Yeah. It's still Dre, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just terrified sure. to do that song. You know, and I I don't blame myself for being terrified, but yeah. Yeah. once I stepped up there, I just rocked it at that point, and it was an amazing performance. Of course, and. It, it really just taught me, well, one, that was a very accepting crowd. That authenticity. And well, it's like, it's hard to even say this right now because I don't know what the line between saying, you know what I mean? Because this still, this was, we were, we were pretty much the only white boys in there. Sure. But, but I never felt as accepted performing anywhere other, I mean, as much as I did every time we performed there. Even though like, you know, we stuck out. It was just yeah, yeah. such an accepting place to be in because 
just like you said, it was the authenticity of just owning this is who we are and it's okay. Like we're not coming yep. in here to, we, we mean no harm. And yeah, it was, it was an amazing feeling. And I'll never forget that first performance in December of, I'm well, sorry, that was the second performance there, but the one where we did the, the medley, the first one, it was an amazing performance. And I will never forget that feeling. And that feeling you can see playing itself out now, even in timeless spirituality. Uh. The first place with timeless spirituality would be in the theme song. Huh. Because it's that theme song of, I mean, I talked about this in another episode. The way it's structured is like, well, one, I've heard other podcasts, theme songs. I'm like, the one I do, it ain't going to be anything like that. It's going to be unique in its own way. And it's going to hit. Yeah. And this is who I am, but it's coming from an edgier place. It's coming from a different place. This ain't going to be your run-of-the-mill spiritual podcast. Hence, we've been talking about gangster rap on a podcast called Timeless Spirituality. Ha, sure, 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 sure. But it's those moments, I think, in life that really forge our path because Mm. I took a chance Mm. in both of those performances. I knew that that could have gone terribly wrong and not, not in a way where I would be I would be in danger, but where I saw them boo people off the stage. Yep. In the middle of an act. Yep. This port, there was this band that went up there at one point. They yep. brought all of their equipment. There was even a drummer who was set up on stage and yep. they got booed off halfway through their first song. Seems legit. These poor guys, but mm-hmm. it, look, they deserved it. They were <laughs> <all honest. laughs> very good. But. It was that risk of what will this do to my confidence if I'm booed off of stage? But then the other side of it is what will this do if I do nothing? I will be exactly where I am at this very moment if I do nothing. That's why one has to perform. That's why one has to go to open mic nights if they want to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. You have to go into the not the vulnerability but like the you got to risk failing the the catalyst of these people you can practice all the stuff you want to but unless you have a crowd in front of you and Mm -hmm. whether or not that crowd is friendly it's what you think the crowd is because that was just some people that played some money that want to hear some music if it was good they're gonna be like hey if it was bad it's gonna be like boo Mm -hmm. but you don't get that because one is like, I, I get it. Like my performer, you're caught up in doing a great performance and having the great performance be the thing that people will gravitate to. And if it's like, Oh no, they, they didn't get it. Or like, Oh, rough crowd. I was like, nah, you connect with the crowd, my man, uh, regardless of your piece, regardless of what you're doing, they better be cheering. And if they're not cheering, something in you somewhere did not did something else other than its job and yeah you could have done what you thought was necessary and proper but you did not get a response that you get when you do your thing properly so is it the crowd or is it you and i've been well i've been around the block (laughs) enough times to know that yeah, it's it's you know the part it's part of it is the crowd. However, they can smell blood, man. Mm-hmm. And so you swim with sharks, man. Mm-hmm. And if there's a hint of blood in the water, man, you're 
done. But if you are comfortable in your skin as the shark is, regardless if the thing that you are presenting them with is what you think would be outside of their paradigm, if it's authentic, then those people are going to connect with it, regardless of um, the, the, the things that led them there and that brought them there and the places that they will go after the show is done and the places that you will go after the, the, the show is done and the, the differences therein. Look, man, it's facilitating the journey throughout, throughout time and space and journeys and souls really helps inform what that means and it really helps people not only understand what that means but have that to know that that lives in them and also know that they can aspire more towards something else that may be outside of them but it comes from within them yeah me said better than i could that <laughs> so damien i just want to thank you so much for being here and just for everything you've shared today just for your kind words it's it really means a lot to me and you are a force of good and I just, I appreciate you being in the world. And with that said, where can everyone find you? Same, my man. I reflect that. Uh, cause you can only see that cause I see that in you and you go to DamonWashington.com. You can go to youtube.com slash no stress MS cause I have multiple sclerosis and the no stress MS is the content that I make that helps people with MS feel seen, heard, and understood. So that's where you can get some of that energy, y'all. Come out, because I want I want to meet you and say what's up. Cool. I'm looking forward to having you back on again. <laughs> Yo, there, there I, I wrote some bars to uh, the, 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 the intro, and I haven't recorded it yet. I'm just saying, though, there's some bars in there, fam. So whether or not you like them, whether or not, you know, they're whatever, what it is, is that I smelled them. I was like, oh, that's hip hop. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. hip hop. Oh, yeah, that, that's hip hop right there. And I was getting into the show. But then at each show, I'm like, that, that's hip hop right there. With a the guitar in like, there, too. Yeah, look. So I was just like, eh, let's see what's happening. And I was like, and some right, horns. Well, look. It's like, well. You know, of course, yeah, sure, you could do other more things, but this is what this is, man. Finish the doing the what the hell you rest of you doing. Give that, give. Hopefully, I can get this to you by Christmas. But there's, I don't even know what I will call this, but this is it's, it's essentially there's hip hop in the opening track, and a hip hopper recognized it and uh, put put some hip hop up on, on top of it, um, and that's special. And that's that's even kind of what you do is make something seen that neither of you would have individually, but together something else is born and seen. So that I I have that I'll I'll get it to you soon enough. And there were singing bowls right before the hip hop part in that. <laughs> well, you took the right places to to, to make it nice and catchy. I'll tell you that right now. By the I've never heard that before. Singing bowls in a hip hop track. By the you know, I was I was into the podcast, and by like the third or fourth or fifth one, I was like, yo, there's bars in there. And then by like the tenth one, I'm like, not only are there bars in there, I'm gonna put some bars on there. And by the 20th one, I'm like, no, those are the bars. Okay. 
record this track, but also get you a past life regression because you need that. Because you want to have this person who is masterful at expanding the space for the, the person to have a space with themselves outside of themselves. This person does that well. So if you are going to learn more about yourself, you are going to need to let someone else take the reins and then see what remains and then pick that apart and see what that does to you. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, so to speak. So you, the, the way you facilitate that and how you just make the space um, available to be able to have things like that come forth. Respect and thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you. Yeah! So I, will, I will finish it with yay. If you wanna go take a ride with me, we ain't gonna fall with the goldie. Hey, why do I live this way? If you wanna go and get high with me, we smoke the air in the back of the seat. Oh, why does God feel this way? In the club, in the late night, in the night, I just stop stopping real nice. Looking for a little show, hot and horny, so that I can take a home. So I can take a home. She can be 18. 18 with an attitude. 19, kind of sunny and a real world. As long as you want to take a kick and think, oh, you know this song. You know this song. He took it, coming towards me on the dance floor. Six in the middle, so I see it. I was shaking and I take it last week. So we never can it go. How did I tell him over again? 26, 25, 30. Oh, I like the way you brush your hair. I like those stylish clothes you wear. I like the rhythm like this. I like to play. I can Hey, if you wanna go take a ride with me, we bring it in the boat with the goatee. Hey, why do I live this way? Hey, if you wanna go get high with me, smoke an L in the bag of the Benzie. Oh, why do I live this way? Hey, it's so good. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Woo! Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a sesh with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.